Hey guys, welcome to Inside and Out with your host, Michael Marino. Today we have Nathan Gordon and Jonathan Liskin, as well as our special guest, fantasy football expert Ken Zalas. Ken, thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Uh, forward to it. Okay, we're going to go straight into the football stuff. Uh, specifically, uh, I'm really confused about the Bears and their quarterback situation. Mitch Trubisky kind of found it, question mark, so... I wanted to get your thoughts. You think he's the future quarterback of the Bears, or no? Um, I, I I think he's the future. If you're if we're talking about you know the next next year, uh, for sure. I I don't see a situation where the Bears are going into the NFL draft saying we need to draft a quarterback. I, I think there was uh, some confusion, maybe by the coaching staff, of who they really are. I mean, Mitch Mitch Trubisky had a had a pretty good year last year, especially in the last eight games of the season. And we did not see that same offense uh, early this season. Now, if you, if you look back to the last three or four weeks, uh, we saw that a little bit more. He's a very athletic guy who can make things happen with his feet when things break down. And we did not see that offense. Uh, it was almost like he was told, just stay in the pocket so you don't get hurt and, and, and more of a game manager. Once they opened it up, I mean, we've seen a really a much better Bears offense. Uh, it, you know, uh, Anthony Miller has really come around to be a guy that you can rely upon. Uh, it looks like I loved him coming out of college. Uh, you know, he was the he was the catch leader in college. Looked like he was going to be a good pro. And Allen Robinson's been an All Pro this year, in my opinion. So I think he is the future. I just think that the, the this was more of a coaching staff thing than a. Uh, than a Mitchell Trubisky thing, in my opinion, because there's there's a completely different situation and play calling scheme going on in, over the last three to four weeks. Now, you touched on Allen Robinson. What are your thoughts on the Pro Bowl picks? Do you think that there were any snubs, maybe Allen Robinson? You know, I, I, I think I, there's always snubs. I mean, there, there's always guys that you can say, you know, this guy should have gone over that guy. But so... It, you know, it's a popularity contest, and it's tough to look at an offense in Chicago and then, you know, peel it away a little bit more and, and look at the year that Allen Robinson has had. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to own him in a couple of fantasy leagues, and he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been the Allen Robinson that we all remember, that alpha wide receiver one yeah. uh, that we all wanted on our team. So uh, he's been that guy, um, even with the emergence, uh, of Anthony Miller, um, so I, I, I is he a snub? Sure, I mean that. I, I don't want to take it away. Sometimes when we use the word snub, we kind of say that there are other guys that were that were there that weren't deserving. I don't think that they chose anybody that was not deserving to go to the Pro Bowl. Um, and and who knows? We know how it how this all works. Maybe in a in a couple of weeks, uh, he gets to go anyway. It seems like everybody who's selected uh, steps away, nagging injury or or because of the Super Bowl, and, and all of a sudden, and all the guys that we say were snubs uh, finally get their, their uh, opportunity to be part of it. So I want to, uh, real quick, before we move on to something else, I want to like, just touch on the Bears real quick because I'm a huge Bears fan myself. So... If Trubisky stays, what like direction is this Bears team moving towards? Like, what other what other moves can they make to make this team better? Because they are clearly not cont- uh, competing with the top teams in the NFC right now. Well, 
Well, I, I, I think, you know, you, if you're looking at the Bears, I mean, they have a really good defense. So I think you keep that together. Um, I, I think they have to figure out what their offense really is about. Um, we've seen other rookie running backs really take uh, the bull by the horns, and, and it seems like David Montgomery um, isn't being allowed to be that bell cow guy and that, that, that number one running back. Uh, you know, they need a tight end. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say they need a tight end in the first round, but they, they do need to upgrade there. I think they could use another receiver. Uh, you know, there, there's been some injuries there. We all like Gabriel. Uh, uh, but he's been, he's had his challenges this year. And, and I think it's offensive line uh, is really important to take the next step um, when you look at the Bears. I, I don't – I think they found who they are. I think their consistency needs to be – this is the type of play calling we need to, to make uh, week in and week out to be successful. Uh, and I think that I, I really put this on Navy this year. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened um, that made him kind of squeamish or kind of scared to, to call the same plays that he was calling for Trubisky last year. But uh, that offense, and maybe it's an offense, maybe it's all offensive line play. But I think they have a lot of pieces that are going forward. That, that good teams and teams that compete for championships have. I think they just have to kind of tweak it a little bit. Gotcha. So I kind of want to move on to something else. So we obviously have the Ravens and Chiefs have found their franchise quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So over the tech, next 10 years, who would you rather have of the two? <laughs> you know, I'm in Baltimore, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know... I, it's tough for me to say. I mean, you're talking about two guys that have come in. Um, you know, last year we had Mahomes and just set the world on fire. And then the league, I don't want to say the league adjusted to him, but Mahomes did not have the year this year that he had last year. And last year was historic, so maybe we shouldn't have expected it. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, like, we've gotten to, I've gotten to see him up close and personal. Um, He's changing uh, what people think a quarterback should be and could be. Uh, but I also think that, that teams will adjust and, and it'll be up to uh, it'll be up to Lamar Jackson to see, you know, can he continue to improve year over year like he did from last year to this year. Um, you know, if I had to say one, I'm, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson simply because he brings an aspect to the game that the game hasn't seen so far. Now, whether it's a one-year wonder, whether whether Mahomes ever realizes, again, uh, the, the type of production that he had uh, last season is, is yet to be seen. But um, for all the people that, that say, well, they're worried about Lamar and, and him getting hurt, things like that, well, you know, uh, uh, Mahomes got hurt this year, so I, I don't. You know, Ben Roethlisberger got hurt in the pocket. I, I don't. I don't uh, account much for that. Any quarterback can get hurt on any given play. Um, but if you, I'm going to say Lamar. Maybe it's my bias because I've gotten to see him up close and personal week in and week out. But I, I wouldn't say I, I. If you said I couldn't have Lamar and, I, and you have to take Pat Mahomes, I, I, I wouldn't argue with you either. Now. You said the offense with Lamar Jackson maybe is, like, a little special. Do you think that defenses could figure him out maybe and, like, stop 
his him from being explosive or all the stuff he's doing with RPOs and stuff? Uh, so I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, we've seen one team one time sort of stop him, and that that was the second time that they played the uh, the L.A. Chargers. I, I'll always call them San Diego, but the L.A. Chargers last year. But the L.A. Chargers had the personnel to do that and, and play a, a really good dime package against them. And uh, I don't know if that still works against Lamar with the way he's playing. I mean, the one thing that that has been un, unreal to watch is how well he has improved his throwing and his accuracy. You know, we used to say, like, he doesn't have to be a 65% accurate guy in the NFL because of all the other tools that he has. But here we are, and he's a 65% passer, and if he continues to improve, and that's the one thing that I think the the national media really doesn't you know, pick up on a whole lot, is that this, this, is, this is a gym rat, and, and this is a guy that is as humble and as hardworking and is all about team, and he's going to do so far whatever it takes to improve himself as a passer. And, I mean, we're talking about Lamar Jackson. He's leading the NFL in passing touchdowns. And and all everybody wants to talk about is that, well, he can't last as a passer. Well, why not? He's still always going to be that threat to run. It's still it's hard to blitz him because if you do blitz him, you leave the middle of the field open or someplace, and he's, he, he, he's so, he's, his escapability we've all seen is off the chart. So, um, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, we, you haven't even tapped the potential with him because he's working primarily with two rookie wide receivers on the outside um, who have gotten more and more involved as the year has gone on. Uh, uh, Seth Roberts is a guy that in Baltimore has emerged as a deep thread, and we saw that in Oakland uh, the previous year. So um, I, I, I'm not going to doubt uh, Lamar Jackson at this point, just like, you know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that Patrick Mahomes um, can't repeat uh, his 50 touchdown output. I think he's that good as well. Yeah, I love what Baltimore's got going on there. It's fun to watch. And I was gonna touch on, uh, you know, we were talking about the rookie wide receivers, and and Marquise Brown is one of them. Uh, I think the guy that's really surprised me. Now, for my draft rankings, I had AJ Brown as wide receiver one, and you know. Definitely came off to a slow start, but in recent weeks, he's really picked it up. Do you think that it's safe to say he has secured the title as the best wide receiver in this past draft class? Well, you and I shared a brain because when I did when I did my draft rankings, he was my wide receiver one as well. And uh, I, I, this is no surprise to me whatsoever. You know, I know that. And Metcalf, DK Metcalf has had a really, really good year in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you turned on the tape and, and, and going back to last year at, at Old Miss, you know, everybody was talking about because of the, the phenom and, the, and the, 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 the specimen that DK Metcalf was. But AJ Brown jumped off the page in every highlight I ever saw Old Miss have. And he did that with a quarterback that was just god awful um so i you know i i just i i just look at at he's just such a good route runner 
He's got the physicality to break away from people, and he—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a shame that you know Marcus Mariota, who I really liked, and injuries took a toll on him, really couldn't you know showcase early in the season. But once you had a guy, and I'm not saying that Tannehill is the best quarterback in the world, but once you had a guy that could throw the ball downfield in more than ten yards, you've really seen AJ Brown blossom and. You know, especially this upcoming week, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, I want to see him go up against some of the better corners, and he's going to do that in, in Marcus Lattimore uh, against the Saints this week. But no surprise to me, um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a top 12 uh, fantasy draft pick next year um, be, because of the what he's done over the last six to eight weeks. So I, I think this guy's the limit for him. I, I, thought, he's, I thought he was... He was the guy that I really wanted the Ravens. Very happy with the Ravens that they put Marquise Brown because of the CS sec. But I really wanted AJ Brown, and I thought he thought he should have been a first round pick. Class. So it, you you said he would uh, in terms of the fantasy draft, he would be a, a top twelve pick. Um, are you talking about wide receiver, like like a top twelve wide receiver or a top twelve? Yeah, top twelve, top twelve wide receiver. Got it. So, okay. okay. So, so in a twelve team league, a wide receiver one type. Yeah, okay. Not, tw- not top twelve overall. I mean, I, my fantasy, my fantasy. I always push running backs early, so wide receivers got to be really special to get into my top twelve. But, right. Uh, no, just top twelve overall as far as the wide receiver. Gotcha. So, um, I kind of have you mentioned that you had A.J. Brown as your number one wide receiver last year going into the draft. And I know you mentioned you didn't re- really like do draft stuff until after fantasy football started. But off of first, gl- first glance, um, would you go Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb as the number one wide receiver in this upcoming NFL draft class? I don't know. Uh, you know, 1A, 1B. I mean, to, for me, it's Judy. Um, you know, it's 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 the... The long, the, there's more tape for me on him, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this on, on a podcast. I don't think his quarterback play has always been the greatest. I'm not as big a Tua guy as everybody else in the world is. Me too. Um, uh, but but at the same time, you you watch you watch his route running, and and that's you know it's the speed guys, and that was that was my big thing going back to last year of why. I preferred AJ Brown to, to to Marquise Brown. Is to me it was the route running, and, and that he could run all the different route tree, and you didn't have to teach that because that's the one thing that rookie wide receivers really struggle with uh, in the NFL. It's like you can't you can be just a speed guy, but you're not going to be uh, uh, you know you're not going to be a sixty catch thousand yard guy just being a speed guy. Those are those are are very rare. There's only a very few guys like Tariq Hill that are in the league. So the guys that are the route runners, and you look at the fantasy landscape right now, and you, and you look at the top wide receivers that are there, yeah, they're, they're tremendous physical specimens, but they're great route runners. Michael Thomas is a great route runner. Uh, Hopkins is a great route runner. Julio Jones is a great route runner. Those are the guys that become those alpha number one wide receivers for teams and you know it's very rare when you get a Tyreek Hill type and, and, and even the Kansas City Chiefs 
brought in a guy like Sammy Watkins to be that number one guy and to keep Tyreek Hill in the spot, it's really tough to be a slot wide receiver and be that number one guy. So uh, I think A.J. Brown is, 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 is that, you go back to A.J. Brown, he was that type of guy. And I think Judy has those types of attributes as well. And I would put them slightly over. Now, I know you're from Baltimore, so maybe there's a little bias towards this question, but for you, who do you think the best team in the NFL is? And I'm not biased when I say that, to say this, but right now it's the Baltimore Ravens because of who they've beaten. I I mean, this is not just about I've seen them close up. Okay, well, the the best team in the NFL... Um, was the was the Seattle Seahawks until the Ravens went to Seattle and beat them. Then the next team was the San Francisco 49ers until the San Francisco 49ers came into Baltimore and they beat them. And then it was the New England Patriots and they beat them and they beat the Houston Texans and they beat the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the run, if you look, and they beat the L.A. Rams in, in Los Angeles, you look at the last six weeks of what the Ravens have done and who they've played, when you do these power rankings that everybody falls in love with, that means nothing. They've beaten six out of the top ten teams in the NFL. Not the AFC, not the NFC, but in the NFL. I don't know who else I can say is better than they are because of that. Now, I, I think there are a lot of really good teams. Obviously, the Saints, the Seahawks, and... You know, the, the, the 49ers are all really, really good teams. Um, and should the Ravens be fortunate enough to make it through, uh, and I think they're going to have to, you know, we're going to see that Mahomes-Lamar uh, uh, Jackson showdown again um, in, in the AFC. But should the, the Ravens get to the Super Bowl, they're going to face a really, really good team. But there's also a chance they face a team that they've already beaten. Right. So... Uh, I, that that's my thing, I and mean, just from a yeah, I'm a little biased, and and you know, I I see more Ravens football than 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 any football, but you know, the Green Bay Packers are are, are what eleven and and three. I don't think they're very good. I, I've seen them a lot. I think they're challenged on offense. I don't think yeah. they're very good, and I think they eventually they're going to be exposed. I think the Minnesota Vikings are a really, really good team, but they have an injury problem right now with Dalvin Cook. So um, I don't think I've seen the <laughs> I've seen the uh, the Patriots up close and personal, and I've seen them a couple a couple of different times. Um, I don't think they're very good. I think that offense is that, not yeah, that offense you know is... the, the offense that we we've we've grown up watching. So um, you know, you guys tell me. I mean. Uh, you're you're not as close to it as I am. I mean, who's your best team in the NFL right now? I I think, okay, I'm gonna get yelled at for this, but I'm a Jets fan, and I've been watching Tom Brady ruin my team for the last ten years. It always seems like they figure it out come playoff time, and while they look not good right now, I think obviously the case can totally be made for the Ravens. I, I'm not sold the Brady Patriots are not going to be the best come playoff time. I just, I hate doubting Brady. Betting against Brady is my arch nemesis, so I think I think it's the Patriots. But I'm interested, you know, what do you think? I, I think, I mean, 
The Ravens are definitely up there. I, I think I would give the Saints the edge right now. I just think they're really? the most complete team, team in football, despite some of the losses they have. I know they lost to San Francisco at home, which obviously was not good. It was a back-and-forth game. But I, I think the Saints are probably the most complete team in the NFL. I'd probably go with the Ravens. I'm not going to lie. Um, their offense has done tremendous things this year. Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram are so fun to watch. The defense has stepped up. I mean, not a lot of teams have been able to stop them. Justin Tucker, unbelievable kicker. He is the best kicker unbelievable in kicker. NFL history. Um, so, yeah, I just think the Ravens are the most complete right now. Not a lot of teams have stayed close with them, really. So I'd probably go with the Ravens. Yeah, I I, I, I mean, any of those teams that you said are, are a good choice, except New England. I, I'm sorry. They're not good. <laughs> okay. I mean, their, their defense is really good, but their offense is I mean, they're terrible horrible. right now. Terrible. They're... they're they're too easy to cover. I mean, and, and I really think this week, this Sunday will be the, the key for me with, with them. I think Buffalo, I've, I've seen the Ravens play Buffalo, and I've seen the Ravens play New England. I think Buffalo is a better and more complete team than than the, the New England Patriots. So I think their defense is just a notch below, and I think offensively, the, they have more weapons, the Bills do. So, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But, I mean, you're when we're talking about Tom Brady, I mean, you never count him out. I just – there's no – there's nothing that scares you offensively right now. No running game. With the, with the New England Patriots. And, and that's where I'm going to tell you this. You know, I'm watching these games, and there is no way without counting in prior years you can justify the Patriots being the best in the league. It's just I'm not willing to bet – against, like, it, it always seems, we had the same discussion last year, at least me and my friends, you know, at the end of the year, like, the Patriots are dead, everyone's counting them out, and you, you saw Brady before the Super Bowl, he's like, you know, everyone's, yeah. you know, betting against us, and then it's just, Belichick and Brady in the playoffs is uh, is a wrecking crew, so that that's where that comes from, it's not like they've been looking I'm, like they're the best. I'm with, I'm with you, I'm with you, it's, it's you know, the, the king isn't dead until the king is dead. Exactly. So I, I'm with you. Yeah. And then you talked about the Bills. Um, as a Jets fan, I am opposed enough to... Enough of this Jets fan. Yeah. <laughs> enough of this. So I'm opposed to this Bills. I don't think they're, they've are they earned all 10 of their wins. I just think they face such an easy schedule. I'm interested to hear if you think the Bills are as good as their 10-4 and four record says. <laughs> You know, I, I I do. I mean, we talk about schedules, and uh, you know, they play the same division that New England's played in. They've played the same teams that New England's played. They've the the difference is that they haven't been blown out by the same teams that New England's been blown out by. So, I I, I was really impressed. I think defensively, they're really really good. Um, they have, you know, they're very similar to the to the Patriots. They have that shutdown corner. Uh, White is a tremendous player, just like Gilmore. Uh, they get after the the quarterback. They had they had probably the best, they played the best scheme I've seen all year um, against the Ravens. They actually put in a game plan to to try to limit Lamar um, and slow him down and not necessarily uh, stop him because because you know right now he's unstoppable. But you just limit the damage. Um, and Josh Allen's better. Look, I, 
I, I do this draft stuff. I've been doing it for about 20 plus years. I was wrong on Josh Allen. I didn't think he had a chance because I, I didn't see any, I didn't see him play uh, on tape against good enough competition. And he wasn't good against the competition in his senior, in his last year at Wyoming. So I, I you know, I just, um, I was wrong on him and he's done some, some really good things. And, uh, you know, Singletary looks like he's a really good player now that they've, you know, switched from Frank Gord's brought another dimension to that offense, uh, get him a little younger. So uh, I, I truly think that they're a better team. And, you know, we'll, we'll see this week. Um, I'll probably be, you know, eating my words after New England goes and beats them by 50. But I, I from what I've seen in the teams they've played, um, you know, we can say that, you know, there's five good. There, there's really five good teams in the AFC, so nobody's played anybody good um, within the conference because it, it, there's just not enough good teams to go around. Yeah, well, we're on this whole like Bills, Patriots, AFC East thing. How many more productive years do you think Tom Brady has? Like, when is his time going to finally be up? Have you watched him play this year? I have actually. <laughs> I, I would say zero. I mean, he I like needs, that. Here, here, here's the thing with Tom Brady. Look, I, I, he's, he doesn't, I mean, it's unfair to him right now because he really doesn't have any weapons. Um, you know, Julian Edelman's a terrific player, but Julian Edelman's an underneath guy. <laughs> Their best, they can, you know, Sonny Michelle has been absolutely terrible this year, and maybe that's because the offensive line's been a little bit banged up, but, but they're you know they're not running the ball like they used to. Um, they seem to 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 want to run the ball at a fault when their other best player on offense, if it's not Edelman, is James White, and they kind of go away from him from time to time, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we have James White, and he you know catches ten balls and two touchdowns. Um, I think Harry's going to be a good wide receiver. I like the I like the kids and the unsigned free agent. I really like Jacoby Myers coming out of NC State. I I think they're gonna be good players, but right now Brady doesn't trust them, and he's relied so long and with with Gronk and Gronk not being there and then not having any threat whatsoever with a with a with a tight end has really made them very one dimensional. So. Um, <laughs> It may not all be on him. Maybe he's got another year uh, left uh, in that arm. But it's it certainly this. You know, this is the this is the real tail end of it um, for me with Brady. I, I just don't think he's got many. You know, it's not that he can't win games. It's just not he can't win games by himself anymore. And he used to be able. All right, I got a quick question about um, the situation over in Cleveland. Um, with Jarvis and Odell, I mean, we've heard this past week about all these rumors going around saying that they both want out of Cleveland. Do you think that maybe there's, like, something going on in Cleveland that, that we don't know about or that they don't like? Or do you think that Jarvis said that it was a rumor? He said he's happy where he is. Do you, do you have anything to say about that? I think it's the funniest story of the year because didn't they win the Super Bowl in the preseason? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, everybody was all on top of this. This is a franchise that, that hadn't had a winning season in a long, long time. And this is also what happens when you let a rookie quarterback dictate who the head coach is. Um, 
Freddie Kitchens is not ready to be a head coach in the NFL. I agree. And, you know, he should have just been the offensive coordinator and, and been, and they've been happy with it. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are unhappy there. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, Odell is a great talent, but, you know, this isn't, you know, he ran himself out of one place. Now he's, he's in another place. He's being hurt. Um, you know, that, that, it's a bad situation. I, I believe I believe what people heard. I think people want out of there. I think they see a situation that's toxic. Maybe Baker isn't everything Baker thought he was last year. Um, you know, he's got all these weapons around him, and somehow it's not working. Now, I, I don't know if that's Freddie Kitchen's fault. I don't know if it's because there's been some injuries um, to the tight end and, and things like that. But, you know, you have Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, uh, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., and your offense isn't good. I, I don't. I don't know how that's possible um, with that type of talent on the field. So there's something wrong there, um, and and it could just simply be that there's too many mouths to feed. Um, you know, everybody wants the ball, and, and we all know there's only one football at a time. It's tough to make Odell and Landry happy while you while you want to run the ball 25 times a game with, with Nick Chubb, who's a really good running back. And, oh, by the way, you know, outside of being a knucklehead, Kareem Hunt's a really talented football player, right. and we've seen that since he's been active. So it's tough to make everybody happy um, when you have that much talent, and, and it's really tough when you're not winning. When you're winning, everybody shuts up and says, okay, Maybe I'm not getting what I what I really want, but we're winning football games right now. You know, um, I'll give you the example. Miles Boykin came in as a highly regarded third round pick. Um, I thought he was a tremendous pick. I loved him. He was one of my the, the guys that I really liked in the draft. He's come in, and I don't even think he has 30 catches this year. But. Yeah. There's no complaint. He does what he's supposed to do, and they're winning. So what? Is, what are you going to hear from people? Right. Um, so, so one football, lots of talent, and not winning. Yeah, there's a big problem in Cleveland. It'll be a very interesting off season. I, I, I'll, I'll be a little bit surprised if Freddie Kitchen keeps his job because the, the expectations were, were probably a little bit unfair for a team that you know eight and eight was their best season in the last you know, 10, 15 years. Um, so I, I don't I don't know how he survives there with, 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 with everything that's going on. So, um, you know, it, it's on the field. The paper champions don't do anything right now. Now with that, um, I'm wondering which coaches do you think will be fired? Uh, you know, we have Jason Garrett, Matt Patricia. Matt, now they, they did just say Patricia's job is safe. Um, is, it, is it Lynn? Is it... Is it Tomlin, Quinn, Shermer, Kitchens? I mean, who do you think is in that is in that conversation for being fired in the offseason? Well, uh, you know, I, I I think if the Cowboys win the division, I think that situation stays the same with Garrett. I mean, whatever whatever the reasons are that that Jerry loves him, he loves him, and. If they're winning divisions and somehow they win a playoff game, and um, you know, I think he's safe. I think Kitchens is the one that leaves. I think uh, the the Falcons coach, 
Um, right. We'll see if he survives um, at all. Um, but there's not there are guys in situations. I mean, you look at you look at some of the teams, some of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, they were they're trying to be bad right now. Um, so I, I I think I think the Atlanta situation and the Brown situation are the main two that we really have to look at um, as 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 being possibilities. Um, I mean, who who else has done really a a terrible job? I mean, there there's been terrible jobs, but but that is you know is McVeigh has done a terrible job this year with all the talent he's had, but he's not getting fired. Yep. Um, if the if, if the Eagles don't make the playoffs, they're not making a change. They don't have anybody healthy. I mean, they've been hurt all year long. Um, you know, uh, I Jacksonville think... make it. Yeah, go ahead. I was like, does Jacksonville make a change so quickly um, in their situation? Uh, you know, we already saw Carolina, you know, get in front of everybody and make that change. So I, I just don't know how many situations of, you know, look, I mean, Cincinnati's been bad, but they were trying to be bad. So right. that, you know, that that coach isn't going anywhere. Um, I would fire Gase for the Jets, but that's just me. Right. Um, you know, he was a terrible coach before. He's still a terrible coach. Um but I, I don't see many other situations. Tommy would safe from in Pittsburgh. I mean, he, whether they make the playoffs or not, I mean, he's he's done everything with mirrors this year. Um, you know, the, with with everybody that's been hurt and everybody that left in the off season. I mean, how how they're a playoff team. Um, you know, there are a lot of Pittsburgh fans that I'm friends with that don't don't really think he's the best coach at this point for the team. But it's hard to argue with the talent that he's lost. Not only in the off season, but during the season this year, I mean, we didn't even know the quarterback's name before the season started, and you know, they won four out of five with him. So right, and the the jobs that kind of stick out to me, and I want to hear your take on this. Uh, Pat Shermer on the Giants is an absolute disaster. I I think. Um, well, it, yeah, yeah, but but were they expected to be good this year? Uh. No, but I think that Daniel Jones and first of all Saquon Barkley I think has been horrible compared to the expectations he set last year. So I, I just think injured high ankle sprain. Yeah, but I just think the, the Giants' offense has looked a lot more dysfunctional than they anticipated. I, I mean, look, I, I just I just have a tough time thinking that they're going to make the change right away. I mean, the worst thing you can do with a developing quarterback and a young quarterback is make a lot of changes around them. And I I just think that, you know, Daniel Jones has shown enough that I think you stay the course for at least another year, really go in-depth with some uh, offensive line help and secondary help on the Giants and see if it can work because, you know, look, Saquon's been hurt and, you know, all the fantasy owners, thank God he finally showed up last week and saved some season, um, including in one of my leagues. But, uh, you know, there is talent there. The wide receiving core is decent. You know, whenever Ingram is healthy, he's a really good tight end for them. So there's a lot of pieces around there. But between injuries and, you know, really – can't, not being able to fix everything within one draft and off season, I, I think he's done enough. I think I think uh, Washington needs a change. 
Um, you know, whoever they, they've made one, we'll see who gets the job there. Hopefully, um, you know, uh, the owner there brings in somebody that can, that can make them a little bit more dynamic on offense um, than they are, but they have some pieces if they can stay healthy as well. Yeah, so um, as we all kind of move towards the end of this, well, I wanted to go to some more like strictly fantasy football questions. So, first of all, this is a personal question for me. Um, I play in the championship this weekend, and um, the guy I'm playing has Dalvin Cook out, and then obviously Josh Jacobs is out for Oakland this week. So, between the two backups, Mike Boone and Dwayne Washington, which do you think is a better start? Uh, they're both in pretty good situations, but as long as Boone is the only guy there, meaning Madison and Cook are both out, it's Boone. I mean, the, the, the Packers have given up some like 18 rushing touchdowns this year. Um, and they want to run the ball. Uh, Minnesota does. So to me, the situation is better for Boone. Um, I like Washington. I mean, in order to beat the Chargers, you have to, you have to, go on the ground more than, than through the air now that their secondary is back healthy and playing well. Um, I think both of them are at worst uh, RB2s this week. I think if Boone is a, is, has nobody around them, um, you know, no interference from, from Cook, which it looks like, and Madison, which is iffy right now, I think he's an RB1 this week. So it, it, it's Boone for me. If you can afford to wait, and see <laughs> if he's the only game in town on Monday. Right. Uh, and then a few more rapid-fire questions. You think Jameis Winston is a top-five quarterback this week versus Houston? Uh, he may be top two. Okay. Uh, they, you know, outside outside of, uh, outside of um, Arizona and, uh, and Detroit, uh, Houston's the third-worst, uh, you know, passing defense in the league. And I know that, that, that we're without Godwin and we're without uh, uh, Evans, but uh, believe it or not, Rashad Perryman's going to win people fantasy league uh, this weekend. Uh, he's got a guy. He's going to be covered by 35-year-old Jonathan Joseph. I don't like Joseph's chances. Yeah, I have to play, unfortunately play against Perryman this week. But So Will Greer's making a season debut against, in, against Indianapolis this weekend, his first start. What do you expect out of him? I have no earthly idea. Okay. I, I say that I say that really honestly. I mean, here's the thing about Will Greer: if they allow Will Will Greer to come out and play football and not just manage the game, he's got a gunslinging mentality that can throw the ball all over the field, and they should be fun. If they're going to be very conservative. I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I, lo- I love DJ Moore. He's had a tremendous year. I don't know if I can trust him this week. Does this, uh, I mean, I'm scared of what it, this does to McCaffrey. Um, and, and are they smart enough to run the same offense? It's a real wild card in this whole thing because not that we're starting or, or concerned about Will Greer as far as our fantasy playoffs, but it's the accessories. I mean, what does it do? To McCaffrey, McCaffrey's taken everybody that's owned him to the to the championship. I mean, uh, he, he's got to be on eighty percent of the championship teams that are playing this weekend. He's been that good. Um, so, and then DJ Moore, 
you know, for a time there was was a was a wide receiver one in many in many situations. So it's uh, I hope they let him, I hope they I hope they let um you know throw the ball around and and just run you know be Will Greer because Will Greer in, at West Virginia was an exciting football player. Okay, um, in terms of wide receiver rankings, um, I'm gonna throw out a few names. Um, and I just want to hear your thoughts as to how they rank. Um, okay. Is Al- so we have Allen Robinson against Kansas City, A.J. Brown against New Orleans, D.J. Moore um, at Indy, and then Lockett and Cup. So of that group, I like Lockett the best. He's got the best matchup, and he's proven that he's healthy now. Okay. Um, he had those three three weeks where they weren't sure. Um, I actually do a podcast in Seattle. Uh, every week, so I got the word last week that he's A-OK, and he proved that. He, he, he had the touchdown and looked really good, so he's the top of the food chain for me there. Uh, Alan Robinson would come in second for me. I just like how he's playing. I know it, it's not the greatest matchup in the world, but none of the rest of the guys that you mentioned have the greatest matchups in the world this week. Uh, what do we do with Cooper Cup at this point, folks? I just don't know. I mean, outside of garbage time last week, he's been on a milk carton for about three weeks now um, after being just spectacular through the first eight weeks of the season. Um, I like him a little bit. I don't love him. Uh, Who were the other two? Because I I know they were further down. DJ Moore, we talked about. I, I, you know, he's going to be a flex play wide receiver three for me this week just because of the total unknown uh, with, with going to a rookie quarterback, yeah. uh, you know, first start in the NFL. Uh, the matchup's good enough, um, but it, it, it just, it, it's a scary situation. And not someone, if I had anybody else to trust, I, 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 I'd trust somebody else. And then the other two are Brown and Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown and Allen Robinson. Well, Allen Robinson, I put... Right below, right, right after Lockett. I, I like him. Okay. Um, and which Brown? John Brown? AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Ah, uh, hey, we're going with him. I mean, I, I know the matchup is tough. Um, but that offense is playing well. Derrick Henry's a little banged up. I, I would say the top three for me: Lockett, uh, Robinson, AJ Brown, and then Cup. Okay. All right, and then last thing before we go, um, is Odell a number one or two wide receiver option this week, despite of playing Baltimore? Uh, not, not for me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you if you've been rolling Odell out all this time and you're in the fantasy championships, uh, you're the rest of your team's really really good. Uh, Baltimore's given up less than fifteen points a game over the last seven weeks. Um, and the last time that they played the Browns, it wasn't the air show that, that got them. It was, it was Nick Chubb. And, you know, in that game, they were missing not only Brandon Williams, but Michael Pierce. Both those guys are back this week. Um, I, I'm, I'm a Landry guy this week just because I think the, the volume's there. Very boom or bust. Uh, wide receiver three or flex for me is Odell. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Inside and Out today with your host, Micah Marino, as well as Jonathan Lidskin and Nate Gordon. And a special thanks to Ken for spending his time today to be on the podcast. On behalf of me and the rest of the podcast, we hope to see you next week on Inside and Out. Thank you, and we're looking forward to seeing you then.